Sometimes I think that I should get an intro, but then I don't get an intro. So welcome back to the podcast. My name is Winter. If you're new here, I'm your host. And this is While We Wait, the podcast about abstinence. And you have tuned into season four, episode two, and I'm so grateful for you. This episode is titled Dating and Abstaining because... As I already mentioned in episode one of season four, this season is going to be more series based. So every four episodes, we'll be introducing and exploring a new topic and series. And for the first four episodes, I'm going to be reflecting on my four years of abstaining because I have been abstaining for four years. I have learned a lot and I do feel a great responsibility to share what it is that I have learned. As always, I am accepting guests and interview requests. Season three was pretty guest heavy and I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed that very much. So if you're interested on being on the podcast and speaking to me. You don't have to be practicing abstinence. You don't have to have ever practiced abstinence. I'm just here for conversation. Please email me at w.baxternyc at gmail.com. All information will be in the show notes. Let's get into today's topic. So I wanted to begin this episode by speaking about anxious attachment styles. Yeah, I know. I know. We're starting there. Why? Because I made an observation. When people start dating during their abstinence journey, they often begin to develop an anxious attachment style. Now, I wrote this short essay a few years ago titled, Text Me Back, I'm Trying to Fall in Love With You to express my feelings around the dating game. Uh, I'm someone who deeply respects people's time and my training I feel in ballet and figure skating taught me how to communicate, albeit overly communicate, especially because you're on a team. I didn't figure skate individually and I wasn't being trained individually in ballet. I was always a part of a group or a team. So very early on, I was trained in communicating with people almost to exhaustion because everyone has to be clear on their roles, when rehearsals are, if there's a change in the routine, in the music, in your placing. Uh, And the way that this has impacted my interpersonal relationships is that as a communicator, I can approach conversations a bit more analytically than I feel someone else would for just casual getting to know you conversations. I can be some what cut and dry for things that I don't feel most are cut and dry on because I'm sort of in this like team mindset all the time. So I'm like, okay, well, what makes, you know, best sense for the team? And if that's what makes best sense, then let's just do that. There's not much middle ground here. Um, yeah. So when I started dating before I was even having sex, right? And but also when I was having sex, I never thought much of texting or my communicating and attachment styles. I was I've always preferred a phone call because I've always been somewhat of a D&D person. I don't keep my phone on D&D so much now anymore, 
but I used to be really big on that. So it helped me focus on my day and get things done, but I didn't ever want to be perceived as someone who isn't valuing your time if we're dating. So when I did text someone, I did it more so as just expressing a fleeting thought, not so much expecting a response immediately. And then I realized, oh, that's not how it works in the dating game. All right. So what's the dating game? Let's just call it modern dating. Yeah. Yeah. If you're under the age of um, 35, let's let's just call it 35. If you're under the age of 35, you've probably experienced when communicating with someone new, someone you're dating or just interested in dating, um, you've experienced this dating game communication style, this anxious attachment style, whether you are the person expressing it or the person receiving it. So... This is take me back, but in my essay, text me back. I'm trying to fall in love with you. I explored how I saw my friends interacting with guys. And I wrote the essay when I was about 19. So of course, like my thoughts have changed significantly, but my overall feelings haven't changed. Just the way that I would go about communicating those feelings have changed. What I was noticing at 19, I'm 25 now is that if you were engaged in dating and casual sex or not having casual sex, but just dating in this dating game, we've all played and are to some degree currently playing. If you've texted someone, say, for example, and they don't answer for a few hours, you should start feeling anxious. Not that you do start feeling anxious, but that you should start to feel anxious. If you tell a friend that you're texting him, her, them, etc., and they haven't responded, suddenly it becomes a concerning thing. Your mind starts making up scenarios because your friends have made up scenarios because the dating game rules say if you text, then they should text back immediately because if they don't, they just don't care because what? If they wanted to, they would. And I know we've all heard this, but today, today when we talk about anxious attachment styles i want us to explore how the whole if they wanted to they would is really an offshoot of that anxious attachment style as i mentioned before as a DD girly you know i'm often responding to texts a day or two later so i began to worry that if i was communicating the wrong messages to men that i was dating because i wasn't responding super quickly and then I learned what anxious attachment styles are and how we can be influenced to either experience anxious attachment styles or reinforce anxious attachment styles of other people when it doesn't need to be your or their experience. Um, a person with an anxious attachment style can be defined as someone that may worry that their partner is pulling away from them and will often take small things personally. For example, someone not texting back for a couple of hours or a day or two. And I use texting for this episode as the example because it's 2022 and for most of us who are dating, our primary form of communication is going to be through our phone, typically starting with texting before we move on to phone calls and FaceTimes, right? That's usually how we start. Let's just be real. So they usually take small things personally. They may also seek constant reassurance to ease their sense of uncertainty about their bond. They can also become overly attentive to their partner. This is a person with an anxious attachment style. So 
This person may meet someone and have a wonderful day. Text that person the day after or the evening of, have a lovely conversation. But if they don't hear from that person, say for a day or two, they immediately go to thinking that something is wrong before even considering or just checking in on that person thinking, hey, maybe there's something going on with them. It has nothing to do with me. Or just choosing peace and going on about their day. See, if I text somebody... And if it's someone I'm interested in, if it's someone I'm dating, if it's someone I've been on a date on and I've expressed my interest, if I text them and they don't text back immediately, to be quite honest, I'm not really going to notice because when I send a text message, I go on about my day. I'm not waiting for a response. I just, I had a thought. It has to do with them. I wanted to share that thought. I shared that thought. And now I'm going to go on about my day. That's it. I have actually detached uh all of those other things that come with the dating games we could say spirit energy style of communication now for people who are young and dating again let's say under 35 so instead of just choosing peace and going on about their day this person becomes anxious they start to feel anxious they start to feel insecure they start to really centralize themselves and prioritize themselves in this person's life. Mind you, a person they've just really started getting to know. This person is honestly a stranger to you. Um, so again, we always hear. If they were going to text you back, they text you back. If they wanted to, they would. But also, if you want to speak to someone, communicate with them. Just say hello. Just say hi. Just start the conversation. Because with dating and abstaining, first of all, what you're going to find is communication, like having conversation, hours long conversation, is really going to be the way you're going to get to know these people that you're interested in or the person that you're interested in, people that you're dating or the person that you're dating. You are not having sex. You're not engaging in sexual intimacy in the very, let's say, obvious way. Because you can still be experiencing sexual intimacy without actually engaging in penetrative sex, right? Or oral sex or like anything that you know is mm, crossing the line that would make you consider yourself exiting your abstinence. Let's just, you know, use our common sense here. So you can still do that. But when you're dating and you're abstaining, that anxious attachment style can really start to creep up on you because I feel like for a lot of people, sex is used as its own form of communication. It's a, it's a different way of communicating with a partner or just someone you're interested in, someone you're dating, not even someone you're exclusively dating, just someone you're casually dating, i.e. casual sex. Sex itself gets used as communication, as conversation. And so when you're not having that sort of conversation with someone, people start to feel real anxious when they have to have other conversations with someone. And that's where this anxious attachment style, I would argue, starts to creep up on you. But here is what you can do to push back against that. Here are the things that I have noticed in people and that I think would really help people. So like I said, 
The first thing is, if you want to communicate with somebody, just communicate with them. Just text them. Just call them. Just FaceTime them. They'll either answer or they won't. That's it. They'll either answer or they won't. But that has nothing to do with your worth. It doesn't define your value. They either answered or they didn't. And then if they do answer back a day or two days later, you get to decide if you want to respond or not. And then you can take that how you would like to take that. But you don't have to be so focused on the strategy of dating. A lot of us are more so concerned about the strategy of dating and not so much the emotional growth that you can experience through dating people, right? We're just focused on strategy. How can I make sure that I come off cool and aloof enough, but still interested and sweet, but still be in my soft girl era, but still honor my masculine, but still honor my feminine energy. But like, we're so focused on strategy, 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 when it's just like, have the experience, like don't do too much. We all know what doing too much looks and feels like for ourselves, because when we're about to do too much, that's when you start to overthink. That's when you start to feel anxious. That's pretty, That's a pretty good indicator that you might be reaching for this validation, seeking out this validation from, again, this very complete stranger that you've just met, that you're dating, that you're interested in, because you have stopped communicating in a certain way and you're not sure if they have or haven't stopped communicating in that kind of a way because again you just started dating you don't know if that person practices abstinence or doesn't also it's really not your business until they have that conversation with you or you decide to broach that conversation so you start to get all these anxious feelings and you start to really lean into having an anxious attachment style and we don't need to develop ancient attachment styles because you decide to stop having sex like please come on you don't have to start getting anxiety because you've just decided to communicate romantically um without sex until whatever your thing is relationship marriage whatever your thing is um so that's my first thing you know um and but you know quick caveat i started to think about how like relationships and communication are even being promoted and like marketed to us and something i've noticed is right like if you watch a rom-com what's a trope that we see used very often it's the whole he didn't text call back yet she didn't text back yet she didn't call him back yet she's not answering he's not answering it's all this anxiety 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 over this person giving you attention or not giving you attention within your desired time frame right um it's it's really an assumed lack of communication without any context. I texted you at two o'clock. It's 8 p.m. and you still haven't texted me back yet. So there's a, there's an assumed lack of communication without any context. You're assuming this person hasn't gotten back to you and is lacking in certain communication skills because of blah, blah, and blah. The things you've made up in your head because you are starting to feel insecure because you have unaddressed insecurities about your own attachment styles, about your past relationships, about your past traumas, and now you're putting it on this person where whole time that person could be doing a myriad of things. And I'm someone who is a caretaker. And so a, a lot of times I'm not getting back to people 
literally for a day, two days, sometimes three days. Trust me, I don't feel good about it, especially if it's a man that I am dating or interested in. I do my very best. I have I have even set reminders to text people back, not even just men I'm interested in, men I'm dating, like literally my friends, um, family, because the way that my days are set up and structured, my focus and responsibilities are on another person, the person that I care for um, and other things. So I will see a text, I'll read a text, I'll want to respond. But in that very moment, there's something else I need to be doing. So I put that text off. I don't respond to it, but I do, I do my part. And that's my thing. Just do your part. I do my part. I set the reminder to text back. Uh, something I'm very big on is checking my texts, checking my emails, check, checking my communication forms pretty much before I go to bed and having a cutoff time. You know, I don't respond to things pretty much past midnight. I want it to be more so like 10 a.m., but after midnight, you know, I'm, I'm closed for the night. My phone's off. You know, my, I'm not responding. Something needs to be urgent. But that's me. So I, I know that I cannot be the best of communicators and um, dating while abstinent, I feel like sometimes we try to overcompensate with our communication. Like, oh, I'm such a good communicator. Look at how good I can talk. Look at how far I can get the conversation. Because we feel like we have to put on a song and dance to keep a person interested because we're not having sex. And what we get taught, what gets promoted is sex is sort of the thing that's really going to bind you together. It's really how you're going to like deeply bond with this person and it is it is to some degree it is a way that you bond it is a way that you develop a deeper connection and understanding of a person but once again you don't need to be doing that in the first couple of months or year of getting to know a person or dating a person so when I realized that you know films and television were communicating anxiety to us around dating and romance and all of that. I stopped watching a lot of it because I don't I don't want to have those feelings. I don't want to be influenced subconsciously to think that not getting a text back at a certain hour is you know an indication of the most horrible thing in the world because I know that if I'm not texting back for a couple of hours or a day it's not that I've lost interest. It's that I had, I'm an adult, <laughs> I'm a caretaker, and I saw your message, and I just really didn't have the space and time to give you the attention that I feel you deserve when starting a conversation with me and inviting me to conversation. So I chose not to engage in the conversation at that time. But when I do have the time and space to engage with you in conversation and can accept your invitation, I will. And I will preface it all with saying, thank you for being so patient with me as I was really busy on Tuesday when you reached out. But And then I'll respond to whatever your message was. And then you, you can decide to continue to have a conversation with me or you cannot, but don't allow yourself to get so anxious. Get so to get so anxious. That's the biggest thing I've really noticed about people who are dating and abstaining. There's all this anxiety because I'm not doing something, so I need to overcompensate in other areas. And you you don't need to. You don't. Just know what you are comfortable and not comfortable with in terms of communicating, and that's pretty much gonna be your 
communication style. So honestly, do anything else other than worrying about when they'll respond to you. Build up your inner confidence in knowing that you've made the right decision to abstain and the person that wants to explore that with you will explore that with you. So give people grace, give people patience, and do anything else, I beg. And like do anything else other than worrying about when they'll respond because people just really center themselves in another person's life so quickly when they've just met them. Just because romantic and sexual attraction has been expressed, it does not mean that you are the sun to their moon just yet. Allow that to happen in its own time. And in the meantime, send that text, make that phone call, send the FaceTime request because you want to. And then go on about your day, whether or not they do respond. Go outside, touch grass, breathe air, uh-huh. do something else. Do something else, but don't make yourself anxious. And that's my biggest tip, honestly, when it comes to dating and abstaining is to not allow yourself to fall prey to the anxious attachment style to the chase or to the performance of trying to keep a person interested. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that at all. Just do anything else other than worrying about when they'll respond. Um, And that was episode two of season four of While We Wait, the podcast about abstinence where we are going through the series of me being four years in my abstinence journey. And today's episode focused on dating and abstaining. I gave you guys my number one tip, which was don't allow yourself to fall prey to anxious attachment styles that sometimes creep up on y'all when you start to practice abstinence because you're not used to not communicating in a certain way. I hope you all learned a lot from this episode. I'd love to hear your feedback. Please don't forget that you can give me a five-star review. Give me any time, you know, give me give me your honest opinion, of course. We love a five-star review. And let me know what you think about the podcast. I'm glad to be back. I know I took a little minute, but I'm back. I'm back. I love you so much if you're listening. And thank you. I'll be back real soon.